0: of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named to the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, and behold, there was in Jerusalem uh, a man in Jerusalem rather whose name was Simeon. The same was a just and devout, waiting for the Holy Ghost or waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And it, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his and took him I'll get it here in a second that dyslexia's kicking in. Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, "Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before all the face of the people." A light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother Mary marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed." And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanel, the tribe of Asher, and she was of a great age, and she had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, and which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of Him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem." And when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned in Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now we've read several verses here tonight, but I want to use these verses tonight as an overview over this thought and and by way of introduction I want to say three things that lead up to our thought first of all in verse number 21 we know there is the certification the Bible teaches us that eight days after Jesus was born uh, he was circumcised and his name was called Jesus and of course we know uh, that the verse tells us that the angel had named Jesus before he was ever born back in Luke chapter number 1 and so this verse tells us that Mary and Joseph were obedient to what the Lord, what God, what the angel Gabriel had asked them to do. So there is the certification. But then there is the custom in verses 22 through 24. These, This custom here was uh, every male child, every Jewish male that was born after the eight days after the circumcision, they were to take that baby to the temple and they were to offer a sacrifice there. And that was the law of Moses. That was the law of the Lord. Somebody said, well, preacher wise, Why is that such a big deal? Why is that so important uh, that those three verses speaking of Mary and Joseph taking Jesus to the temple and speaking of those sacrifices, why is that so important uh, to the gospel message? Here's why it's important. Jesus did not come to destroy the law, but he came to fulfill the law. Thus, at His earliest days on earth, He is not breaking the law, but He is fulfilling the law. He is the only man who has ever lived that kept the law, did not break it. The Pharisees accused Him of breaking it. They tried to catch Him in a trap. But Jesus was always wiser. And Jesus always obviously had more knowledge in that regard. Jesus did not sin. Can I get an amen out of that? He was sinless, perfect, and holy, set apart undefiled, separate from sinners, because if he had sinned, if he had broken the law, then he could not be our Savior. But I'm glad that he didn't sin. I'm glad no guy was found in his mouth. I'm glad he never thought a bad thought. I, 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 hey, here's how, here's how far I'll take it, Brother Charles. I don't think he ever threw a temper tantrum as a toddler. I don't think he ever told a lie. I don't think he ever done anything wrong. I don't think he ever had a bad attitude. Those are all sins. All right, is that not right? Those are all sins. When that, as cute as them little younguns are, they know how to stomp them feet, clench them fists, and give you a look that if looks could kill, you'd be deader than four o'clock in the morning. That is, that is sin. And Jesus, He didn't do that. He was subject. He was obedient. Can you parents imagine having a perfect child? My parents enjoyed that for many years until my brother and sister was born. Just kidding, okay? Just making sure y'all are awake, all right? Wake up here, hoss. And so, uh, can you imagine having a perfect child that never done anything wrong, that always listened, that always obeyed, that always... I mean, I think that's why Joseph died early. He just had a heart attack, couldn't have made all this obedience, all right? I I don't know, but but Jesus did no wrong. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad he is a perfect Savior. There is the certification. There is the custom. But I'm interested in verses 25 tonight through the rest of the chapter that we've read tonight through verse number 40 at the church. Now I understand within this context, this is the Jewish temple. This is Zerubbabel's temple that had been renovated by King Herod. And so the the foundation is the same foundation that was laid in the book of Ezra and the book of Haggai. Herod would come in later and do renovations to that temple. So we understand that is not the New Testament church, okay? It is not a church like we see it today. It was the Jewish temple. But here for application tonight, it was a place that was set aside for worship, It was set aside for sacrifice. And most of all, Jesus said, My house shall be called a house of... It was a house of prayer. And you know what? That's what this place is tonight. It is set apart for worship. It is set apart for the preaching of the Word of God. It is set apart for prayer. It is set apart uh, for worship and and adoration and giving glory to God and for us to give and to sacrifice. And so I'm glad for church tonight, amen. I I thank God for the church, the living God. It is the pillar and the ground of the truth. And here's, here's my thought tonight, all right? This is the first time that jesus has ever physically entered the temple it's the first time he's ever walked into the temple of god it's the first time he's ever stepped physically are you all with me now physically, first time he's ever stepped in the house of God. Well, you know me, I like to study that principle of first mention. That principle of first mention is whenever a word or something is mentioned the first time in the Bible, usually there are definitions that go along with that that carry throughout the Scriptures. Well, in studying this text this week, I noticed there are some things that happen when Jesus went to church that ought to happen every time we go to church. Amen? I'm preaching on this thought tonight. When Jesus goes to church. Amen? When Jesus this goes to church or we could subtitle it What a Day They Had in Church. You ever just went home on a Sunday night after church He said, Boy, what a day we had in church. Man, the choir singing was good. Uh, the fellowship was good. The special music was good. I, uh, the preaching not so good. Uh, but I went in food line in the day to pick up some stuff for Daxton's uh, little party and I, I didn't have my suit on. I had my pullover and a guy said, you got, guy checking, checking me out. Paying, buying for my, He wasn't checking me out. He's paying for my grocery, uh, I was buying my grocery I didn't want to clarify that. Uh, he said, did you go to church this morning? I said, yes, sir, I did. He said, how was it? I said, ah, the preaching was off. That preacher preached way too long. He looked at me. I said, I'm the pastor. He said, oh. <laughs> he thought I was talking bad about the preacher. Uh, but uh, I appreciate his reaction. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, we, we ought you ever had this day when you got home and said, boy, it's just a good day at church? I think I'd go home tonight and say, boy, it's been a good day to be in the house of God. In fact, any time we go to church and this Bible's open, it's been a good service. Can I get amen out of that? Well, there are some things that happen in this text and I want to look at quickly. And we're going to go to the house on when Jesus went to church. Number one, when Jesus went to church, listen to me carefully now, there was someone expecting him. There was someone expecting him. In our text tonight, we are introduced to two people Simeon and Anna. They are both up in years, they've been serving God for years. But notice what it said about Simeon, verse number 25. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, he was waiting for the Messiah to come. The Spirit of God had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. So you know what he did? Every day he went to church expecting this to be the day that the Messiah. Messiah would show up. Every day he went down to the temple. He said, boy, I hope this is the day he shows up. I hope this is the day that Jesus, I I know he didn't know his name Jesus at that time, but he knew him as the Messiah, as the Christ, the anointed one. He was saying, I hope hope it's today. I hope it's today. Well, I want to encourage us when we go to the house of God, we ought to have the same desire and the same expectation of Simeon. Hey, we ought to get up and say, boy, I hope God shows up today. I hope Jesus shows up today. I'm expecting something. Y'all, listen to me tonight. I'm expecting God to do something. I'm expecting God uh, to speak to my heart, to the preaching, and to the testimonies, and through the songs, and through the Word of God. I'm expecting something. You know what? You know uh, when when you're ex- when you're not expecting something and you don't get it, you're not disappointed. But when you're expecting something. And it don't like all these young'uns around here. They're expecting gifts under the tree next Monday morning. This is y'all's chance to say amen, young'uns. Y'all want Christmas presents or not? Say amen. Daxon won't say. Amen. The rest of them are hypocrites. Uh, they want it, amen. They're just going to holler out loud. They're expecting it. But had they get up Wednesday, Monday morning, go under the tree, and there ain't no presents, they're going to be a little disappointed. Somebody said, Well, they should be glad to be with the ones they loved. Oh, you didn't. You didn't care about that when you were six either. <laughs> Help me now. Amen. Even some of you older ones, you still mad if you didn't get your orange. Amen. By the way, we need to make sure we find some rotten fruit for Patty and Janice, so that way they ain't got to go around and hunt them a treat bag. That's why Tony ain't here today. He went to get him a treat bag at his brother's church. Amen. He admitted to that. Amen. And he's supposed to pick one up for... He said he might get one for Janice. It depends on how nice she is to him. Uh, but, but everybody, you have that expectation. Well, I wonder if we had the expectation we go to church that Jesus was going to move and nothing happened. I wonder how disappointed we'd be. You know, when we go to church, don't expect nothing and nothing happens, we're good, we're content, we're satisfied, we're at ease at Zion. Boy, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to go to church like that. When I go to church, I want to go expecting God to do something. Now, what was this expectation based on in Simeon's life? Well, first of all, it was based upon the Scriptures. His expectation was based upon the Scriptures. How was it revealed to him? Well, through the Spirit of God, but also he had been studying the Torah. He had been studying those Old Testament prophets that prophesied that a Messiah would come. Hey, you know, you know how to have the right expectation you go to church be in your Bible be reading the Word of God that reading the Word of God prepares your heart for the house of God for the worship but sadly you'd be amazed at how many people have not read their Bible since the last Sunday hello hello They've not, they've not even took... I ain't talking about you had to read the whole uh, book of Psalms or, or had to dissect the book of the Revelation. But you've not even read a proverb. You've not read anything in your Bible since last Sunday. Well, you're not going to expect anything if you're not in your Bible. The expectation was based on the Scriptures. The expectation was based on the Spirit. Verse 6 and 7 said it was revealed to Him by the Holy Ghost that He that he should not see death until He would seen the Lord's Christ. And He came by the Spirit into the temple. Boy, that little phrase is amazing to me. We understand in this, in this This is still Old Testament because Jesus has not died yet and you can't have a New Testament without the death of the testator according to Hebrews. But this is still Old Testament. So the Spirit of God is not living in Simeon, okay? But he was still led of the Spirit to the temple. Ain't it amazing? Brother Charles, there's people that say they're saved and by saying they're saved that means that they're saying the Spirit of God lives on the inside of them but the Spirit can't get them to church, He didn't indwell Simeon and got Simeon to church. We say he indwells us. And and a lot of people, their church is based on somebody else is going to go or not. You ought to go if nobody else goes or not. Amen. You ought to be faithful. You ought to be attentive. You ought to have an expectation. His expectation was based on the saints. You know, one of the things I believe that encouraged Simeon was he knew that Sister Anna would be there. He knew that Sister Anna, I mean, I'm gonna to go today because I know Sister Anna's gonna be there. I believe they encourage one another. Here's what Hebrews ten says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. There's some they've quit church. Right. They they're not faithful. I mean some of them they don't even know we have church on Wednesday night. They never they never come to church or, or anything. As a manner of some is. I understand widows and driving after dark and stuff like that. Uh but but God knows if your excuse is valuable or not. Amen. And you ain't got to, you ain't got to, you ain't got to appease me, but you better make sure you're right with the Lord. Amen. That's the matter of some is, but so much the more. But exhorting one another, and so much the more you see that they approach it. That exhorting one another means that I'm to encourage my brother, I'm to encourage my sister in Christ in going to the house of God and worshiping. Oh, about you, but I like going to church and seeing you. I hope you like going to church and seeing me. I hope that fellowship, that camaraderie. Uh, we're we're sometimes we're crazier than a sprayed roach around here, especially during our Christmas party, all right? We had a good time last week laughing and cutting up. A lot of churches, they have a solemn Christmas party, and they sing, you know, Silent Night, and I heard the bells, and that Spanish song, Gloria, or whatever it is, Heart of the Herald all that good stuff. And that's fine if they want to do that. Us, about the most spiritual thing of our party is we ask God to bless the food, <laughs> and then it goes downhill from there very quick. But we have a good time. What is that? It's fellowship. Well, so I said, Preach, why do you do that? Because fellowship will help you fall in love with that person you're sitting across the table from, and when they're going through a trial, you're going to have them pray for them. That's why why nobody had a problem with going over to Steve's house Wednesday night. That's why a few years ago I made a call at 4 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon and said, meet me at Mike Alexander's house, and 50 people showed up. Why? Because there was a fellowship. There was a camaraderie. There was a togetherness that, that a church has to have. Somebody should be expecting him. Number two, not only should somebody be expecting him when you go to the house, when Jesus goes to church, someone was embracing him. Look at verse twenty-eight. Then he then took he speaking of Simeon took he up in his arms. Now I love this about Simeon. Not only was he present in the house of God, but he got involved at the house of God. He got his hands involved. Now watch this. They did not just go to church to sit there. But he went to church with a desire to get closer to Jesus. I hope that's your desire when you come to church. is a desire to get closer to Jesus when you come to the house of God. How do you do that? Well, first of all, they came to the house of God. Simeon and Anna, verses 28, verses 38. They were both present. Watch it now. They didn't allow their age to stop them. They're, They're both up in years. They were still faithful. They didn't allow afflictions to stop them. I'm not talking about we got folks that are physically unable to get out. I'm not speaking about that. But I'm talking about just because your hair hurts. Help me out now. Just because, and I ain't talking about, you know, flu or stomach. If you got a stomach bug, I don't want to see you until next July 4th, okay? Stay away from me, all right? Flu, all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that. But my goodness, I mean, I got a little cough and I don't lay out. I still got to get up and preach. Well, I got quiet right there. Amen. I don't get to use that excuse. Well, I can't sing today. I got a little cough. I get up and I just give it what I got. Amen. You got to get involved. Just don't sit there do something. Amen. Get involved. Don't come to church and be a spectator. Get involved in it. They didn't allow their attitudes to stop them. I had a good rotten attitude yesterday. Grace is a good place to say amen. Because it ain't nothing personal. If you're kin to a weatherman, I'm sure they're a nice person. But I can't stand any weatherman. Because everybody listens to the weatherman more than the preacher man, all right? He can mention it's going to snow seven states away and people will lay out of church. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it anno- and it's 75 degrees outside. Yeah. I was picking it. I was picking it, uh, Charles and Eric, last Sunday. I got mad because the weather thing said it was going to rain all day Sunday. Well, I'm standing there Sunday morning at 9.30 and it's dry as a bone, the sun's shining. And I said, well, weatherman got it wrong again. And Eric's looking at his phone saying, yeah, but the thing says it's going to rain all day. I said, look outside, Eric, it's not raining. <laughs> <laughs> they lie those weathermen they lie they're in cahoots with the bread and milk company somebody help me all right and I just and I saw the weather forecast for today I'm like well I know rich has him gone Tony Ron is gonna be gone half the church ain't gonna be there tomorrow because it's raining I mean we've had grace said don't nobody lay out when it's raining except for Eric I just make sure he's back here all right no she didn't say that I had a bad attitude you know what I had to have an attitude adjustment well, come on, don't tell me you ain't never come to church with the Ain't nothing going to happen tonight. No, no, we ought to have a desire to, to get involved. Someone, they came, but then not only they came, they got closer. Think about this. They saw Jesus, but they weren't content with seeing Him from afar. You know what they did? They said, all right, we see Him, well, let's get a little bit closer to Him. There's a lot of people, they come to church, and they hear the preaching. They see people rejoicing in words. They see others getting help. They see others going to the altar. But they're not going to make that next step. They don't want to draw closer. The Bible said, draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Thank God for that promise tonight. Hey, we ought to come to church with the desire and the expectation to draw closer to the Lord. They came. They got closer. They were changed. Verses 28 and 30. I guarantee you, these people were never the same after this day. Why? Why? Because they came to church with an expectation and a desire to get closer to Jesus. When Jesus goes to church, someone was expecting Him. Someone was embracing Him. And last of all tonight, someone was exalting Him. Boy, you know what Simeon and Anna are doing in this text tonight? They are both lifting their voices together and exalting the Lord. The psalmist said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. That's why, and and sometimes I scold you and sometimes I try to encourage you and I, I'm I hope both of his motivation. That's why I want you to sing loud, lift your voice out, Amen. Ladies, you gotta, and and I'm not picking on the ladies, but I'm picking on the ladies, Amen. Ladies, lift your voice, sing out loud. All of you, all of you can talk loud. Say Amen, fellas. <laughs> Trevor said, Nope. <laughs> he said, I gotta go to sleep sometime. <laughs> But hey, if you can talk loud, you know you can sing loud. It's the same vocal cords, amen. That's when y'all want to exercise the meek and quiet spirit is in the choir. No, we want you to sing out loud. Then all right, we don't want the meek and quiet spirit in the choir. Let her go, hey, amen. Let her rip, Taylor. Chip. We want you. To, I mean, from the. I mean, just sing, amen. Sing out loud. It's all right to get involved. That's what they were doing. They were exalting him. I'm gonna run through this quickly. Verse 29. Simeon's to testify. Here's what he says about the Lord. He said he's sufficient. Verse 29. I'm going to run through it quickly, all right? Lord, now let us, our servant, depart in peace according to thy word. You know why he could say that? Because he had seen Jesus. He went to church and was satisfied he had seen Jesus. It didn't say if they sang his favorite song that day. It didn't say if somebody shook his hand that day. It didn't say if somebody got his camel parking spot that day. He was happy because he had seen Jesus. You know what, that ought to be our design we go to church. It doesn't matter if somebody shakes our hand, somebody sings our favorite song, or or our request gets fulfilled. It ought to be, you know what, the Lord was lifted up, and I saw the Lord today, and I am satisfied with that. He was sufficient. He was seen, verses 30 through 32, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which I prepare prepared before all the faces of the people. I like light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. You know what? When he, when he expected Jesus, and when he embraced Jesus, and he began to exalt Jesus, he saw Jesus in a way he had never seen Him before. You know what? If you'll come to church and get involved, you'll, you'll see Him clearer, clearer than you've ever seen Him before. To the pages in this book. Verses 33 and 34, he was supreme. And Joseph, his mother, marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed him and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul, and thy thoughts may, of many hearts may be revealed. What is, this, what is Simeon saying here? He is speaking of the fact. That the Messiah, Jesus, he, he, would, he would be set for the fall and rising of many. He was going to be a stumbling block to the Jews. He was not the Messiah they was expecting. They was expecting a political Messiah to come in and overthrow the Roman government, sit on the throne, but they could not see. They saw a crown, but they couldn't see the cross. Here's a reference. To, he looked at Mary and said, Yea, a sword shall pierce to thine own soul also. Somebody said, Preacher, when that happen? I believe at Calvary. When Jesus looked down as Dr. Wells preached the other night and said, Woman, behold thy son. Behold thy mother. I believe that's when her soul was thrust through that sword. I believe that's when she began to remember those things. Here's the application tonight. When we exalt Christ at church, we will always magnify what he'd done for us on the cross. And then last of all tonight, he was shared. Verses 36 through 40. Anna comes in. She's of a great age. She was a widow. She departed not from the temple. Verse 38. And she coming in that instance. Here's what she did when she saw Jesus at church. Here's what we need to do when we come to church. She did. She looked at your Bible. Look at your Bible. She gave thanks in that instant. Gave thanks, likewise to the Lord. She didn't. I love that. In that instant, gave thanks. That means she had a hair trigger. <laughs> that means it didn't take much for her to say thank you, Lord. Hey, when we come to church. It ought not take 45 verses of amazing grace. It ought not be anybody want to thank the Lord. It ought to be you have a hair trigger. You're just thankful. You want to give God in that instant, give Him appreciation. Watch what she said. And speak of Him to all that look for redemption in Jerusalem. You know what she did? She left out of the temple that day. And she began to tell everybody else in Jerusalem, He's here. You know a good sign that you've been in the church on Sunday and God's helped you? You want to go tell somebody out there on Monday. That's what Anna's done. She went and told everybody that looked for his redemption. Hey, you're looking for him. He's here. Uh, yesterday. Uh, and I encourage, I need to get some more tracks set out. I, I'm, y'all know my feelings on just running people through a prayer and running through people through a gospel presentation. We need to take time with people. But you know one of the best ways to witness somebody is give them a gospel track because that stays with them after you leave Yesterday i was picking up some some groceries at the food line pick up and for once they actually got the order right and uh i the fellow that brought out my brought out my groceries his name was adam and uh, he spoke to me and said you know is it gave me the name and made sure it was right and i was putting the stuff in the truck and one of heart and said you need to give him a gospel track well he had done went in the next car I'm like, well, Lord, it's not a really good time. But I, I tell you this, you know, beware of the preacher who's always the hero of his own story. I argue with the Lord. The Lord, he's now went to that other car and he's talking to that other lady and she is complaining because apparently they didn't get her order right. It's not a good time to hand him a gospel track. But after arguing with the Lord and him rebuking me a little bit, I went over and said, sir, I just want to give you something from our church, a gospel track. You know what? I didn't get to stand and have a conversation with that man, but I'm praying that God will take that track and use it long after I'm gone. You know, it's a sign if you've had a good day at church, you want to go tell somebody else. A lot of you are going to see family this week that's not saved. Might be a good opportunity. Don't preach to them. Don't put out your family Bible and let them have a sermon on it. But you ought to speak to them about the Lord. When you pray over the food, because you know they're going to ask you to pray over the food. For the one, the one good time when it's good to pray long is at a Christmas get-together when a bunch of lost people are there. And just pray the gospel and say, Lord, I don't know if my family's saved, but I'm glad you died for me and I want my family to be saved. There's nothing wrong with that, having that burden. You'd be amazed how people might tender up around this holiday season. Share them with somebody else. Share them with somebody else. These are things that happened the first time Jesus went to church. And there are things that happen. Hey, I know we're going to go to Brother Steve's Wednesday night. We're not going to have service here. We're going to be at Brother Steve's house Wednesday night. But you know what? You still ought to go to church Wednesday night. We're, going, we're not canceling church. We're just moving the location of Brother Steve's house. We're going, we're going to meet over there. and we're going, to, we're going to sing and we're going to preach a little bit. We ought to expect something Wednesday night. We ought to embrace him, get closer to Him. We ought to exalt Him. When we come in here Sunday morning, we ought to do the same thing. May God help us to do so tonight. Thank God for His Word. Thank God for his word tonight. Amen. I want us to stand together, and I want us to take our hymnals out. Brother Matthew's going to come. We're going to close out the day with a good hymn. Page 457 in the blue book. Brother Caden's going to come around and lead us. I've got it right here for you, brother. Let's sing the first and last verse. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done. Let's please stand. Page 457 in the blue book. Lift your voice together. To God be the glory. When we go home tonight.
1: He gave us his son. Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he had done. Great things he had taught us, great things he had done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. Let the people rejoice. Oh, yes. oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son,
0: and give Him the glory. Great things He had done. God bless you for being here tonight. I'll send out the address and reminder on the text line, and so please remember that. Shake hands and fellowship. You're at Liberty to Go. God bless you.